0: Boom! Mm-hmm. You for listening to the Roundtable Consult, where we discuss political and social issues that matter to you from a spiritual, medical, and legal perspective. Join the conversation with your host, Attorney Sonia Madison and Dr. Mark Williams. Welcome to the Roundtable Consult. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Williams, and I will be joined by my co-host in just short while here. But I just wanted to get on and enjoy this moment that we had together. Alone. Sometimes you got to have some quiet time alone, just the two of you. (laughs) Um, But one of the things I wanted to talk about this week, because there has been a lot of interesting developments going on in the um, realm of politics this week, and particularly in Florida, the retaliatory actions of Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, this is my opinion that it was retaliatory. I'd love to hear what you have to think and uh, what what you happen to think about how things went down. So many of you may not know that, and I didn't know, frankly, that uh, Disney World in Florida has been operating since probably the 1960s, I believe, for 55 years as a self-governing, basically, city. Uh, they've had uh, certain tax privileges. They've had certain ordinances where they manage that their their, their twenty five thousand acres, independent of the city, independent of the governments uh, that are around as well in the surrounding area. So what did that mean? That meant that Disney World had its own fire department. They had their own police department, and they managed that. They had their own. Uh, Department of Transportation and roadways. I don't know what their specific departments were, but if there was a pothole in one of the streets in their district, they were responsible for fixing it. The flip side to that is, is that they were able to uh, expand and develop that 25,000 acres. However, they saw fit to do it and they didn't have to submit to the ordinances of Orlando or the surrounding counties. They had function pretty much autonomous of the local autonomously of the uh, local government you might consider that that's a privilege and it's a privilege that um we see has been revoked over the past week and why did that happen as many of you are aware florida has been dealing with this uh one particular bill that bans discussion of sexual orientation and or identity gender identity in the classroom of children under uh k through three k through third grade but it does bring up certain questions just the way that the the law was written and it really put teachers in a predicament predicament and those who uh, are ardent supporters of that law say we shouldn't be indoctrinating our children into into alternative lifestyles and to sexuality when it's too soon I don't know any teachers is going to teach uh, sexuality and gender identity to a third grader uh, although some people will suspect that that's what's happening with the indoctr- indoctrination but the critics of it will say that if you have a student who asks a question for example says why does Johnny have a uh, two men as parents or two women as parents and the uh teacher is then forbidden from saying well there's all types of family units and love is expressed in a variety of different of those um so they can't even have a simple conversation like that let alone uh teach anything about it so that's up for discussion whether or not you agree with that law we can have some discussion about that in the future but Disney originally said that they were going to uh, remain agnostic about this. They weren't going to express an opinion one way or the other. But their employees and a lot of their consumers have given them a lot of pushback to say, hey, you need to actually come out and speak against this law that has been passed in, um, by uh, the Republican legislature and Governor DeSantis. And um, as a result of that, Disney came out probably two days after they said that they weren't going to take a position on it, they came out with a pretty strong and fierce position on it. And that they said that they really renounced that law and will be working toward uh, repealing it. And in fact, that they, they, they threatened to withdraw political donations to stop making political donations. Oh, why did you do that, oh, Disney, why did you do that? If you threaten Republicans with dropping some of their financial supports, as they said, you poked the bear. And this is the part that gets missed because many of the defenders, Republican defenders, will flat outright say the reason why we did this and the reason why we did it now was because Disney came in and poked the bear. And they probably put their nose in someplace where they felt like uh, Disney didn't belong. It's now, it's ironic that one week. Disney can do no wrong with the Republicans and do everything wrong with the Democrats. And then the next week it turns around, the Democrats are saying, Oh, how great Disney, how great thou art. And Republicans are are rebuking them. Get thee behind me, Satan. And so it's it just tells you how fickle uh, politics are. And so they came into the situation here after they've made taken their position on the issue and said that their law should be repealed and that they were going to withhold political contributions until the law was repealed. Governor DeSantis, who is now making, who's vying for, I'm sure, a um, presidential candidacy or presidential run in 2024, is trying to make news, national news, anytime he can in any way that he can. So he got tough with Disney and decided, they said, this 55-year tax uh, protection status or self-governance status that you've enjoyed for the past 55 years, we're going to take it away. And take it away, they did. They voted, I think, this past week um, to revoke that protected status that Disney has enjoyed for the past 55 years it won't take effect until i think june or july of 2023 but in the meantime now they have to go and scramble with the counties and try to figure out how are we going to now manage this uh there's something on the order of billions of dollars of deficits that will be imposed on the local citizens disney took great pride in maintaining their property very well. They they had the cleanest streets, they had no potholes and, and their workers, they, they took a lot of pride in how they, they managed every aspect of the operation, including managing their particular domain. Well, some of those things are now going to be outside of the control of Disney, and they will then fall into the control of the local governments, the county governments, And I don't know if your local uh, government manages potholes like mine do here in Nashville, Tennessee, and in Davidson County, but Disney is is definitely going to suffer a quality uh, deficit as a result of this change because the, the city and the county will not manage their property with the same care that Disney has done and excellence that Disney has done for so many decades. The flip side and the downside to this for the local residents is that they now have to foot the bill for all of that, whereas before it was Disney that was footing the bill and I heard something and on the order of the tax rate for each individual person will cost probably an extra $580 or something like that. So. In a family of four, you're probably looking at $2,300 a year uh, extra that you're going to have to pay in taxes so that you can help manage Disney's property Um, as a result of what I believe is a retaliatory move by DeSantis. Now the Republicans in Florida and uh, DeSantis will say that it was time to look at this. Anyhow, it was something that had should have been looked at years ago and should have been revised, you know, many years ago. But we've just never really did this, and they're they're quite blatant about <clears throat> their justification for the timing of it. And their justification of the timing of it is that Disney opened its mouth made a comment, made a statement that they didn't like. He came out and spoke against their beloved Ron DeSantis, and he suffers the consequence of it. This is starting to sound a lot like dictatorship and authoritarianism to me. Coming ironically from the people who believe supposedly in free speech and who supposedly believe in government staying out of the affairs of corporations. And so does that mean that corporations can't speak on the uh, affairs of government? Uh, It hasn't been that way in the past. But apparently, it only happens when the speech that you have is in contradiction to the Republican narrative. Or maybe it would be the same situation if, if the Democrats were in office. I just don't happen to believe that that's the case but maybe it would be i'll I'll leave room for that possibility you might be able to you might disagree with me if you do just let me know how you feel about that but uh the point is from my standpoint um is that we're walking down now a very slippery slope it's kind of like the oligarchs who speak out against uh vladimir putin in russia they have been uh, conditioned to remain silent about the dealings and the policies and actions or behaviors of Vladimir Putin, because when in the past they have spoken out against them, they were penalized because of it. Some of them uh, thrown into jail and their assets frozen for all types of trumped up reasons. And as a result, you buy the silence of the people who have the money. And I think that that's really what Ron DeSantis is trying to do right now is trying to is trying to bully the corporate giants and those people who um, would dare speak out against his agenda. And if he's got the support, the legislative support to make these things happen, he can be successful with it, unless the people we the people call them out on on their hypocrisy and call them out on their authoritarian tactics um now so what does that mean we the people have to do that well it's not going to be we the uh all of the people basically because if if democrats call out the behavior of republicans it doesn't matter you know they always call out the behavior of Republicans. That's what they're expected to do. And that's what they've done for uh, since the beginning of a two-party system in the United States. The challenge then becomes when it, it, it requires now that members of your own party objectively look at the behaviors of your leaders, your elected leaders, and determine whether or not this meets with the ideals that this country hold dear. And if they don't meet with those And measure up to those ideals then we have to as a people speak out against it now this is my particular bent on this thing and that is that we as a people have some of our strongest voice not as individual dollars because uh one of us together can't i mean one or two of us or a few of us together can put together a little bit of money, but we can't put together the kind of money that these big corporations do. And big corporations have been funding campaigns for, you know, for decades. And so there's a big question about whether or not corporate giving should be uh, permitted in politics, well, this is the way that the people make their voices heard, because the people can place a demand on corporation to speak out as they did with Disney, and then the corporations can then place a little bit heavier demand on um, on their legislate on our legislators to, to 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 meet the needs and the requests of the general public. So basically, I think corporations really just have a much higher, a stronger voice when. Uh, they're compelled by the people. Hey, Sonia.
1: Hey, How's Dr. Doing? Williams.
0: Me and uh, our audience were just enjoying a casual conversation about uh, what, what, what went on this past week down in Florida with Disney and how they crossed Ron DeSantis and are now going to pay the price for it because they passed the law restricting a lot of the autonomy that... Um, disney has enjoyed for 55 years because they dared to poke the bear and and so (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and here in just a moment i do want to get your thoughts on that but i was saying that I, i i am a big proponent of the people putting pressure not just on their elected officials but also on corporations to speak out about certain things that are important to their consumers. I mean, basically, the United States is an oligarchy; it really is. I mean, it's run. The people who are placed in office are placed there because of money. Ron DeSantis has has amounted like a hundred million dollars in campaign funds, or something like that, right now, from his uh, donors. And when you have money, you can run a successful campaign. You can uh, bombard. Americans who typically aren't paying attention to specific issues can bombard them with advertisements, and then those advertisements are influential. Well, where do they get all this money from? They get them from private donors, granted, but they also get a lot of support, financial support, from corporate donors. And I think, as uh, as American people, we should be utilizing corporations. To help advance some of our ideals. If a corporation doesn't support your ideals, you shouldn't be supporting their product, I don't think. Disney came out and took their position because, you know, their employees and a lot of their consumers demanded that they take a position after they initially decided that they would maintain a neutral position on this. But the demand of the people uh, forced their hand to make a stand. Uh, to take a position and that position was unfavored by ron desantis who now i think retaliated what do you think
1: well a couple of points you said i do not agree that um corporations should take a position one way or the other now i do think the reality is as long as corporations are pouring money into certain campaigns, and that is essentially taking a position. I mean, again, I, I don't necessarily agree with them doing that either, but it, we know that that's what they are doing. Um, and so then to come back and say you're neutral when you've already poured several millions of dollars into a, a Ron DeSantis or um, someone of a similar politician is a little bit hypocritical. But the reason why I, I don't encourage employers or, or companies to take a stand um, is it, it's because you are then held as like a person. I think a corporation is an entity. It is not an an individual for the purposes of like a a murder or (laughs) of of establishing certain rights in terms of, oh, the corporation now has this free speech right and and, and the corporation now has this right to, you know, determine religious um, affiliations and all that kind of stuff. Now again, courts have made it clear that certain corporations, if it's in their mission statement, like the Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby, then they, they can exercise a certain religious freedom. But at the same time, they've been very clear that if it's not, then you are considered an entity. You are not an individual who has an expression that is often protected under the First Amendment. I think also for the most part, corporations like to tout diversity. And so, from that standpoint, diversity doesn't just mean color or race; it means a diversity of thought and ideas. Honestly, I think one of the reasons why Disney did take a stand it wasn't because the people were demanding it, but because one of their own—I think it was the heir um, of of the founder—came out as I want to say either gay or transgender or, or something. One of those things. And I'm sorry if I'm um, if it comes off like I'm belittling what he came out as, but the the purpose, the point is he came out with his sexual orientation or his gender identification. And then from that standpoint, it really wasn't, from my perspective, it really wasn't about the demand of the people because, hey, they've been going to increase their rates, which I think they've done (laughs) post-COVID. People have continued to go down there. They are the biggest revenue gender for Orlando specifically, but probably for Florida as well. And so I don't think that in terms of financial, that they were going to be hit hard if they don't say anything. Um, and, And they do have a lot of employees with a variety of ideas and thought. And so again, when you as a corporation then come out, you're alienating a portion of your own employees, but you're also from that standpoint, where's the diversity? I thought you wanted a diverse set of thoughts and ideas. Now you're saying, no, you need to have this thought. And this is the thought that we're going to come out with. You know, one of the things I know, Chick- I, I often use Chick-fil-A because they're, they're here in, in Atlanta, but one of the things that Chick-fil-A tried to do was say, hey, listen, while we are our, our founder and our CEO does not agree with certain gay or marriage rights at the same time, we have a I plethora of individuals in our workforce who identify as either transgender or identify as a certain sexual orientation and they are being treated the same regardless because what we are here to do is serve chicken and do it in a way that we feel is morally and, and, and ethically sound um, and and so I kind of disagree with that thought that corporations have to have a position or a stance, but I do understand that corporations are pouring money into campaigns. In terms of Ron DeSantis, I think it's something to be said that he has able to raise that much money because to me, outside of Florida, Florida is the joke, (laughs) But for some reason, within Florida, and and by the joke it again, why are we talking about critical race theory or why are we talking about um, the don't say gay bill for kindergartners through third graders? That's already not something that's in the curriculum. So what you've essentially done is says, hey, I want to make a political statement on an issue that is not an issue, just so I can rouse up a base that has to some degree a fear of a group that is not doing anything to make them fearful. And so, I mean, I think that's dangerous that we are now at this point in, in, in life where essentially you have people, and I say this as in Georgia because Herschel Walker seems to be an actual viable candidate. <laughs> and if you actually read anything about them, to me you're wondering, I'm sorry, this best qualified or even qualified, no longer <laughs> of a criteria for my state or um, federal representatives. And so, you know, from I think it's it's something to be said about where we are in the world where, again, I know like there's a a Val Demings running against a Marco Rubio, those candidates that have a much more, you know, conscious ideal as well as execution on what are honestly issues that we all agree on, issues as it relates to uh, minimum wage or issues as it, oh, I'm sorry, pollen is definitely hit here in Atlanta. But issues as it relates to minimum wage, issues as it relates to healthcare, issues as it relates to gas or the inflation of the economy, that to me is something that we can all get on board with. But we're so distracted by these non-issues just so people who are not qualified or viable candidates can get into the running and then essentially not do the, the job that an experienced person is more equipped to do. Yeah. I know, I, I know I that was my clarify. rant. Sorry. That was something that's quite alright.
0: But you, you you gotta you have a penchant for uh mischaracterizing and, and misrepresenting something that I say. I don't think that corporations should be obligated to make it a, a take-a position, but I do very much think that their consumers should take full advantage of leveraging their buying power to force them into a position or try to force them into taking a position on certain things. And it, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, especially if you're giving money to campaigns, then, you know, if, if, if I'm giving money to you, I'm getting a service or I'm getting a product granted, I get that. And, and that should be the, the, the amount of uh, the exchange for the consideration to give him got that. But by the same token, if I'm preferentially giving my money to you when I can give it to somebody else, then I have a right to expect something different more than just the product, Um, more than just the product that you get. And especially if you've already engaged in political contributions. And one of the reasons why they've been giving politically is because they've been in order to keep favor coming in their direction you know and they buy politicians basically they say well hey you'll have to create legislation that's favorable for our corporation and they know that but that's self-serving for the corporation itself and so if you're going to leverage that type of power at least you know let the the uh the proletariat the, the 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 working class people participate and in a way that they feel like they can participate. And, and I'm using words like proletariat, but and, and I'll probably get in trouble for using it uh, because <laughs> it's it speaks of Marxism. And, and and I'm not a big fan of Marxism, but I do think that Karl Marx had a um, keen observation about something, and that is that there are two classes of people in his in a lot of his theories. There's a bourgeoisie, which are the people who have all the money, And then there's the proletariat and the bourgeoisie always prospers off of the labor of the proletariat and there's a growing wealth divide and we see that that happens and he predicted that when there was a substantial gap a wealth gap between the bourgeoisie and the proletariat that the proletariat would eventually revolt And because of the bulk of the number of people in the proletariat, when they revolt, then uh, it forces the hand of the bourgeoisie to do some things in favor of the proletariat. Now, the part that I disagree with is that eventually he says it progresses over to socialism, where now the proletariat or the means of production are owned by the people, and then eventually goes over to communism, and so that's why everybody always villainizes the, they throw all of the they throw the baby out with the bath water. But I think he was onto something when he talks about what the impact of a growing wealth gap in America has. We are starting to realize those people who don't have political power and who don't have a political influence other than their single vote, they're starting to realize that they do have influence and in the way that they can exert the greatest influence on their um on their legislators is by using an intermediary, which are the corporates. Like Nike, for a period of time, Nike um remained silent about some of the um the Colin Ka- Kaepernick thing, and then they came out with the with the in strong support of it. Why? Because of the demand of the consumer the proletariat is now raising their voice. And when the proletariat raise their voice, the bourgeoisie will have to eventually listen if they plan to survive, I think, and continue to thrive. Because right now you can organize people with the internet. People are going to organize so quickly and you can spar a boycott instantly uh, with just a couple of tweets, get a couple of famous people in who will tweet some things. and, And the next thing you know, Nobody's buying Nike or nobody's supporting Disney World or they see a big drop in their revenue. And like many companies, you don't have to have a huge drop in your revenue. 20% drop in your, in your revenue can have a substantial impact on a company, uh, certainly on a company the size of Disney. So if we can get 20% of the people to say, okay, well, we're going to take a stand <laughs> this way, then they'll move out.
1: Well, it's too, again, I don't know if Nike did it because of the demand on the people. I don't know if Colin Kaepernick was a um, already, I guess, a face, the face of Nike or a person of Nike. And so i will have to do some research on this. But if he was, then to some degree, you're like, okay, you've used this person to sell your product. And now that this person is being ostracized, are you going to ostracize them too? Now, if if Colin Krakenit wasn't already signed with Nike, I don't think Nike would have felt compelled to say any one or the other unless they decided, okay, this could be a good marketing strategy, which we saw with Pepsi, and it blew up in their face. Again, I don't think people were demanding Pepsi say anything. But then when you decide to let me latch on to something in hopes that it may increase my marketing sales, which I think is really what they were trying to do, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Kindle ad, where she is walking into, I guess, a, a demonstration or an award non, and she goes up into a group of cops and hands them a Pepsi, and then it became the running joke on social media. Oh, if only Kendall had a Pepsi to clear up this racial or <laughs> divide that is often come up between the police and, and particularly the Black people giving that we constantly talk about excessive force and the overuse of it, but it pertains to people of color. So I don't I don't think it was a demand for people to or corporations to say anything but I do think corporations are like okay well let me latch on to a marketing scheme here and I think that's again if Colin was already signed to Nike I just think they're latching on to hey this is someone that that is our ambassador that is our pretty much signed to us we have to show support of him and I think honestly with LeBron I think he has been the one forcing Nike to get out and and say a little bit more because he kind of understands, hey, the bulk of your sales are on the backs of all these athletes and these athletes are are taking a stand. Now, if you're going to use me, then I expect you to also align with some of the values and, and morality that I say. But I don't think it's necessarily the demand of the people that are forcing, or that corporations feel compelled to speak out why,
0: on. Why, why, why would it not be if it all eventually comes down to money and dollars? If you're if you're looking at a marketing strategy, the whole benefit of a marketing strategy is to increase revenue. You don't know, just get a market. Well, we just want to do a marketing strategy for goodwill. You know, right, to increase even revenue, if they did but
1: that to me then is even the if they not, did it for not,
0: goodwill, that they to me were is trying the to increase. What? Well, sorry, what? But that
1: to me is the goal is to make more money, not to respond to the right. demands of the people. That's, That's what, the, all I'm saying. I don't think the it's respond, the demand of the people.
0: The demand of the people is saying, listen, if you want to keep the revenue coming in, it's not just saying that because we're, <laughs> no, we're, we, we love the enough. people.
1: No, people are, if, people if are buying dis- regardless. I mean, no, it, I disagree. people are going to no. I people disagree. are going to those new um, Nike you know, air daughters come out they're going to buy it whether you have made a stand or not. But now they, if you do might. make a stand that we disagree with, yes, we may then say, Thank OK, you. we're both. We're That's the money. point. But if you don't make a stand at all.
0: The, and we will it,
1: continue to support the product.
0: <laughs> so, so not necessarily not. And it doesn't have to happen that way because we still have the power of a much bigger voice than we've had in the past, because with social media and a couple of influencers in social media, instantly you can galvanize a, a huge uh, boycott of any company. And so those that are being proactive, granted, they may if you don't take a stance then yeah you can hopefully slide by without that uh and get away (laughs) with it but if your consumers start demanding that you take a stand and speak out against certain things otherwise they will start impacting your bottom line then they're going to force corporations to come out and do it and some companies some companies will be proactive about it and say you know what this thing can really go back in and, and 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 backfire on us Uh, Or it can go ahead. If we get ahead of it, we can perhaps uh, produce, you know, goodwill and good favor amongst our consumers and preserve that. And maybe someday we may need to actually rely on that. But this is a good opportunity for us to do it right now. And to insulate ourselves against certain future uh, tragedies
1: is the perfect example of you boycott them, and their sales are skyrocketing. <laughs> you know I mean, and so, <laughs> but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think is because I, I do think we're at a, a certain day and age that we're so divided that no matter what stand you take, you're either going to get people that um, are aligned with you and support you or get people that will boycott you, but yet still the people that are aligned with you will make sure that, hey, I wanna push that this is a position that, that I, I agree with. And so, and again, I, I use Chick-fil-A as a perfect example because again, I don't think the company itself came out, but when the CEO came out and said what they said, there were boycotts left and right, and yet sales <laughs> continued to skyrocket. Um, and, and and you get you look at a Chick-fil-A commercial and they're not putting out any message per se. But that's what I'm saying. I, their revenue was going to be good regardless. But then when their CEO puts out a message that alienates a group of people, those people that are high on board with it, continue to make those sales skyrocket.
0: Well, I can guarantee you that Chick-fil-A knew their market before they took a strong stance <laughs> on something. They yeah, knew their who their market did
1: their but CEO they, did, they, But they know <laughs>
0: but they knew their market, if you know your market and your market is one that um, that requires or generally leans a certain way that market and I'm not saying it from the standpoint of a corporate of what the corporation should be thinking, I'm saying from the standpoint of what consumers should be thinking and what consumers should be demanding is that if we understood what our buying power is in in the black community. You understand what your buying power is. You should not have to tolerate Things, other things like what else is going on in Florida. We're talking about um, where they're redistricting and basically eliminating the black vote down in Florida. They've done it here in Nashville, Tennessee. When we understand what our buying power is, when they've divided up the line so that your vote really doesn't matter, what other options do you have? You have to then go to the corporations to say, I need my oligarch, <laughs> to my quote unquote oligarch, To advocate on my behalf, because my vote has now been diminished by the way that they drew their lines, they can't diminish the the dollars that these corporations put into their campaigns so that's that's coming to be. It's about to be the the only mechanism that a lot of us have as black people to be able to exert our positions, or at least to make our voices heard amongst our legislators.
1: Would you know that it would be a good example of that working if, say, for example, we boycotted a Versace or a Yves Saint Laurent or a Louis Vuitton or a Gucci? Um, and, and again, I'm not saying that Black people are their primary market because we, we probably are not, but nonetheless, are any of those corporations or entities taking a position? And they've been able to not do so and not have to feel like there's their sales. Are plummeting, and now again, I don't know who the majority of their market is. I'd imagine it's not me, <laughs> and not me. There's, a <laughs> but again, a lot of um, entertainers, particularly Black entertainers, um, but a lot of entertainers, not, not again, not just Black, market those items. And and, and if you're again, you want to identify LGBTQ, I mean, we know the theater world. A lot um, of of actors in Hollywood are very quick to take a stance in support of that. Hey, get those corporations to make a stance too. But as I said, I mean, they don't feel the requirement to do so. We're not demanding it of them. But now again, if they- That's
0: the point. You said two people, they're not feeling compelled to do it and we're not demanding it of them. The area that I'm saying that we should change is that we should start demanding it.
1: Okay, and and if, but also say, if we were to demand it, I don't, I don't know if they would still do it, and and I don't know if it is a dent enough to where they feel like we're hurting.
0: So let me ask you this question: What's the other alternative when they're redistricting? Black, I mean,
1: you know me, districts. you need to be handling on those legislators because that, that to me, is the problem. Is that the You don't have
0: a vote, you can't get it's it for the
1: people, right? Are yeah, yeah, the legislators supposed to be,
0: They're supposed <laughs> to, but when they change who the people are, then by drawing a geographic line, then they are for the people. The people just aren't us.
1: And, but and so, me, that is a bigger problem than the corporation. That is, because again, Iran DeSantis is saying, I don't Duh. know what this stance is. I'm going to exactly. do what I'm going to do. And so that's what, exactly to me. The answer isn't go to your corporation. The answer is go to your legislator. Go to, those, go to the those legislators are the ones that's doing it. it.
0: The legislators are the one that's doing it, and, and they're doing say, it unabashedly. So if you're saying,
1: if you're saying that, hey, yes, they're doing it, and if you are docking and banging and and getting a group of people to ensure that they are um not reelected or to ensure that they get a bad reputation, how do they get this, reelected? If you're saying, if you're saying, how are they getting reelected?
0: How are they getting reelected? They don't change. They're not. They're the way that they are ensuring their reelection is by drawing geographic lines, not by going out and recruiting new voters in a certain area, not by going out and presenting their arguments to their politics. platform. Then what we
1: need to do. <clears throat> not, not go to the corporations to recruit the new voters, but then we need to start galvanizing to to get new voters like Stacey Abrams. said again, Georgia didn't flip overnight. There was a movement that ensured that, hey, we're not tolerating this anymore.
0: And that movement so only is financed. How's that movement financed? If, if you don't have finance, if you don't have <laughs> finance, if you don't have finance, you're not getting any kind of movement. I'm sorry, your movement stops. And so the only benefit of a corporation right now is that the corporation can funnel money into campaigns. And when that money comes and they've got a lot more money to funnel into campaigns than individuals do. And so you move a lot faster and a lot longer when you got corporate support behind you. We're getting to a point right now where every time, every time there's well, it's not to a point. It's always been this way. Every time there was a group of black people that was developing too much influence, they found a way to divide that up. And they're just now getting a little bit more blatant with it because they can, because a lot of the state (laughs) legislatures are uh, dominated by Republicans. And because they dominate those state um, legislatures, they can make laws that continue their perpetuity. And I would like
1: to I would like to have known how many corporations supported Trump in, in the beginning. Because that, to me, is the thing that I feel like is missing in this, this discussion. I don't think anyone thought, OK, Trump is going to win this. Let's funnel money into him and ensure that he wins. I Again, I think a lot of corporations were backing like a Jeb Bush. Um, even probably some came later on and started backing the Ted Cruz. But I don't think it wasn't until, hey, this guy has the momentum and he has galvanized and uprooted a group of voters that we thought were no longer a priority to look at or were no longer present and he uprised them. And that's when the corporation said, all right, this person is going to win. We need to start putting some money into it so that he does not do anything that is not aligned with our interests. And so that's why I say we can still do that now you can steal the top
0: 5. Guess who were in the top 5 contributors for Donald Trump? In the beginning? Walt Walt in the Disney beginning? Company. But that's what I in Disney the beginning. Company.
1: But that's why I asked in the beginning. I again, I do think they put money into him definitely by the Republican um conference, but in terms of in the beginning, I don't think they were funneling money into him until it became so, clear that he has galvanized a, a group of voters and he's going to win this thing.
0: Exactly. So but the point is, is that it didn't matter if they supported Trump or if they supported Ron DeSantis, if they're doing the same thing and they're accomplishing the same goal. I don't care who the person is that's elected. But I'm saying the money is coming
1: after. I'm just saying the money is coming after. And so that's why I'm like, we can still galvanize and, and get behind a candidate so that we are showing the corporations, you know, this is the person that we want in this position. Because to your point, the money is going to be poured into that candidate, but I do think there is a, a conversation to be had about who is the candidate that is galvanizing the community, that the community is supporting. And that's why I'm saying, hey, let's not lose fact lose the, the fact or the ideology that, hey, this is a government for the people. That's why I say it's disheartening that Ron DeSantis is raising so much money, because I, I am like, Okay, who is, is this the people is that what the people of Florida want? And if that is, then hey, I gotta respect it. But if it's not, then where are the people in the community putting their support behind the other candidates so that uh, again, these corporations see, wait a minute, this person has a, a viable chance of winning?
0: Have you not been paying attention right now? The candidate really doesn't matter anymore because <laughs> the candidate right now is every candidate. Look at, look at, um, um, McCarthy, you know, one moment, you know, he's moved by ethics and the next moment he's moved by, you know, threat of, you know, losing power. And so the people,
1: not by corporations, the people,
0: no, the people, the people. The people are granted they're going to have some issue that you, you're going to have some primary but if you got the dollars if you got the dollars which Ron DeSantis right now has the dollars and that's what boosts most of their confidence about anything is if you get those dollars in support you're going to run a successful campaign you it'd be kind of hard to to but uh, I'm to lose a Ron campaign DeSantis. where you're out funded by through, but two, I'm two, saying Ron
1: DeSantis has the dollars because he has galvanized a group of people that are working on fear.
0: Not I mean, every yeah, that's <laughs> and then
1: that to me is what I'm saying. Like, where are not, the people? And and again, if that is what the people in Florida want, then hey, I can't I can't say anything about that. If that's what they want, but if it's not, I'm not then I'm saying, hey, people, you're the ones that these corporations are looking to to determine who is going to be the next leader.
0: Exactly. Thank you. So but that's my point is that I'm not discounting the value of the people. In fact, I'm expanding the power of the people because the power of the people is in their vote. It is in their small contributions that they make, but it is also in the influence that they leverage against the corporations who are making donations to these to these parties that are causing oppressive Uh, or putting together oppressive policies. If you are, if you are supporting a corporation that supports a party that uh, advances oppressive legislation, you can stop that. So expand your power by demanding that the people who receive your consumer dollars also stop advancing policies that oppress you. That's. I, it makes perfect sense to me, though. But <laughs> and and we've got that power. We've got that power more now today than we've ever had in the past. And granted, it puts corporations in an awkward position, especially if in the past they've continued to give, like Walt Disney. It puts Walt Disney in a in a hugely unpopular position to have to say something because in the past they were one of the top five donors for Donald Trump, and now. You know, you got Ron DeSantis. You're like, do we now support who's doing this, who's retaliating against us and saying, you know, I don't care what you gave in the past. You know, if you come against me, you're going to be taken down. So there goes those dollars. And he can only do that because he already has one hundred million dollars in the bank. (laughs) You know, and
1: and to be fair, um, oftentimes corporations will pour money into both candidates. And so I, I think it's very. Oftentimes in the media, someone's quick to say, oh, Walt Disney put this money into Trump as if to say he didn't put any money into Joe Biden. And that is
0: more Mm -hmm. likely
1: not true. They probably put money into both candidates. Um, But again, that's not the salacious story that happens. The salacious story is, oh my gosh, they supported Trump or they poured money into Trump. And then this is where we are. Um, But that's why, again, I'm like, I'd rather the people put that pressure on their legislators, on their constituents, on their elected officials, than to put that on a corporation.
0: I You can rather. I get that you the wording <laughs> that you're using is I would rather that they put it there. I would. I'd rather that I they put it, in both them. it, they they put it on both of I
1: think it would be more influential. I'd rather that they put it on both of them. You. <laughs> nah, the, the, Listen, you're, not, you're not make paying attention, money. Sonya. Walt you're not paying attention because
0: the minute the minute you start putting the the pressure on the legislation, they'll cut you out. They have the power to cut you out. They're saying these people are getting too big of a voice we need to silence their voice and the way that we silence their voice is to redistrict things now what what that means is that in order for us to regain that voice we now have to move into those other districts in mass in order to be able to change that and guess what happens once we move into those districts they're gonna say wait a minute there's too many of them coming into here like they did in florida like they did in georgia they start saying wait a minute there's too big of an immigration of people into georgia into some of the more rural areas we're gonna have to remap this this state, so that they don't have influence, and that's the way you hold on to power. It doesn't matter what you say to and the pressure that you put on your legislators if the legislators have a have with the strike of a pen can erase your vote.
1: <laughs> but that to me then is a bigger problem. Yeah, if they can for the strike of and that's what I'm saying. Then we need to put the pressure on these legislators to ensure that that doesn't happen. And and, and you know and I think how are you going to do it?
0: How are you going to do it when you don't control See, the legislature?
1: To me, the reason why there have been significant changes, and, and again, well, I mean, I understand people don't study this until law school, but Black people have made significant changes to the law without support of corporations. So, you, this idea that it cannot how did they be do done,
0: it? how did they do it?
1: By galvanizing, which we talked about it before galvanizing, how did they do it? protesting, how? all that.
0: And and you're people, going off, through the people and you're putting going,
1: pressure on these legislators.
0: You're going off of the presumption that the Voting Rights Act is still in effect. It's not. They've eliminated that, and so now states and localities can redistrict things and say we want to eliminate and create lines and policies that disadvantage black people, and the Supreme Court is going to support it because. You know, we don't need that anymore. Yeah, we can't make the same type of with 13% 13 of this country.
1: Corporations are not going to be able to prevent that from happening.
0: No, they can't. But when, when you have removed, when they've removed one of your tactics by drawing district lines and redistricting areas, um if they've disabled you in that way you have to find other means to become effective and then nothing's more effective than hitting people in their pocket in america that almighty dollar has a lot of power uh to determine who gets placed in office and it also has a lot of uh power to determine what companies and or what corporations take what stance
1: and, and, and I don't disagree that they do, but to me, these midterms are, are very, very, very important. And I don't want any constituent or any person or American citizen forcing or going to a corporation and saying, hey, you need to pick a candidate on one of these midterms. I want you to galvanize or to make sure you are exercising your right to vote. Make sure you get, voting has increased over the past couple of years. We saw with the last um, presidential elections, I don't know, hopefully some local elections are increasing more as well, but the number of people voting has increased, and to me that is no credit to a corporation. That is credit to people and the movement of people saying, hey, you guys are are becoming way too far apart on some of these ideologies, and it's time that we didn't make a stance, and and I only say that to say because some of the issues that people campaign on are really non-issues. But nonetheless, that is what gets people fired up to go to go then vote.
0: Do you know why DC doesn't have any representatives in the uh, in Congress? I the mean, real we, reason why
1: <laughs> we could go back to race. But...
0: <laughs> yeah. the real reason the real reason why they don't have it is because as it was developing as a territory that um as a district too many Black people were in that area and they would have had too much influence and they didn't want them uh, to have that kind of power in, in Congress. When we were concentrated down in the South, there were too many, we started seeing some uh, black congressmen come in and you would see way back, I can't remember when the first one got elected, but as soon as we were able to vote, you saw a, a mass increase of black legislators and they said oh no, 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 we've got to stop this. So every time, and it, it's history proves that every time black people galvanize, as you say that we should do, they find some kind of way to say, you know, up. Oh, Some kind of legislative way to prevent us and to dilute our influence. And so I get it. Yes, we should be taking every legislative path possible to do that. But we understand the limitations of a legislative pathway is in the hands of of the legislators and when the legislators don't want you to have that influence the legislators are not going to give you that influence and they're not going to apologize for it we are in the least apologetic uh, we're witnessing the least apologetic republican party that i have ever seen in my 52 <laughs> years of living and right. and they are when they when they blatantly come out and say you came against us and as a result we're going to do this to you And you say that and you don't bat an eye at it and and their Republican supporters don't, I'm worried, I'm worried about what the future looks like for black people in America if we don't develop a different strategy and the way that we can develop our strategy has to involve getting money. We can't really get the money uh, on our own necessarily because, you know, we still are, we still got those glass ceilings that are placed before us. And you know we're still outspent in terms of wealth. There's a huge wealth gap, one hundred to you know to to twenty or something like that, or five times the wealth gap that we that we have you know individually we can't do it we have to we have to depend on conscious minded corporations to help <laughs> fund some of these things I don't well, know, as, and I,
1: i'm not I'm not totally disagreeing that, but I'm also saying back to your early point about the republican party. I don't think the Republican Party cares what a corporation thinks. And so I guess to your point, if you're trying to promote or trying to endorse a Democrat uh, candidate, yeah, try to get as much money as you can as as possible. I I recall, I think it was South Carolina, um, Jamie Harrison, I think he had more money than Lindsey Graham. But again, I think the Republican Party is like, hey, we're going um, for the base the people in our base. We don't care what the corporations think because quite honestly, I don't think the corporations wanted them to take certain stance that they did. I I get like even with the January 6th committee um, or even when it came to Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson I don't think corporations would want them to go against not only ensuring that that insurrection does not happen again and doing an investigation, but also endorsing a candidate that is overly qualified and will set a huge precedent um, for our country. I can't see a corporation saying, hey, I don't want you to align with that. But again, I think Republicans are just like, I'm trying to cater to these, this base of people that are extremely bigotry, that are, you know, exercise bigotry or extremely on the, a certain end as it comes to abortion or extremely on a certain end as it comes to vaccinations and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to align with that and, and, and irrespective of what a corporation says. And Ron DeSantis is a good example. He do not care what Disney says because he is so focused on his base and ensuring that the extreme of these views are met that he's like, I will go against a huge conglomerate that is putting a lot of money into my state and to show the people, this base of people that, hey, I am in support of you. And that's why I'm saying, yeah, you can ask the corporations for money, but to expect that the corporations money is going to get you where you need to be. Look at the Republicans. They, they're not looking for corporation money. like The that
0: only anymore. reason that that worked for DeSantis was because he controlled the state legislature. It's the only reason why that worked for him. As well as the
1: people were supporting that message. He has enough people to to support that message. I don't
0: care how many people he would not have. The people didn't demand that message of him. He took that. He took that of his own prerogative. The people weren't saying we need to go out and and and, I don't know you have to people at least people in his district. Most At least according to history- the
1: news, I don't know. There were a lot of people like I'll get these masks off our students and a lot of people like, don't teach race. Don't make my white child no, feel bad. No, I'm talking about like- Disney.
0: I'm talking about Disney right now. Most of the people in his district didn't probably didn't even realize that Disney was his own self-regulatory entity. <laughs> they probably had no clue about it. And and so this was a, this was a prerogative that he made on his own um and Probably would not have done that if he didn't have this as a support of the legislature. One of our guests said corporations have become more powerful than people. And it made me think about something. And that, and that is that um, the power of corporations is not just coming out and making a public statement. Corporations have lobbyists end up in Washington, D.C. all the time in these legislators' ear. They've got much more influence on these legislators than the people ever will because the people aren't the ones going up into spending. Five days a week talking to these legislators, taking these legislators out to dinner and having this conversation and and doing whatever lobbyists do within the realm of legality and sometimes outside that realm as well. (laughs) Uh, And so so corporations are the ones who actually have a little bit more influence over the only thing we have. The only influence that we have is once every four years when you get elected and or every two years, depending on how long your term is. And, and beyond that, they don't care very much about what you're saying until it's come time to, uh, they listen more to the lobbyists. Let me say it that way. They listen mm-hmm. more to the lobbyists at that point. And who's funding these lobbyists? Not the constituents. The constituents aren't funding lobbyists. You're right. It's the corporations. corporations are. But
1: keep in mind, these lobbyists are not in Congress talking about abortion or talking, and again, I only said it to say because that is why people start getting uprising or start you know coming out to vote on these issues that are really non-issues you you're getting so worked up over you know not abortion or over gay rights and all this kind of stuff when in actuality what these lobbyists are doing is they're making sure there are a lot of tax breaks happening or they're making sure if there is um again i think infrastructure was a big deal making sure there's a certain amount of money getting into infrastructure uh there that is what they're to do and again i do think we need to look into that more because it is those kind of um, legislation is happening against some of our interests, but we get so distracted by these buzzword, you know, issues that it then allows a corporation to use their lobbyists to, to have some those meaningful economic um, advantages that then we get hurt by.
0: I agree. But by the same token, if, if a company's bottom line is being hurt, by uh, their consumers who don't like a message that the one of these buzzword messages that their legislators are putting out. While they're talking about their infrastructure bills and tax structures and everything else, they're also going to mention those things as well. Hey, this thing is really hurting our <laughs> bottom line right now. We're starting to see it. We probably need you to tone down some of the rhetoric on some of this, and and then the <laughs> legislator at that point has to wait. You know, do do I need to keep doing this rhetoric so that my so that my base can stay riled up, or do I need to? back off of it a little bit in the at least to help keep my corporation people happy and
1: and uh, a and margaret taylor green or ronda Santes will be like no i'm going to continue with this rhetoric <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i'm saying then that says the people because again we need to remove those distractions there it's a lot of harm over again non-issues but we're we're again if, if economics or cost of living if that's important to you that I behoove of you to really get into those um, in terms of your legislators and not be so distracted by, again, some of these non-issue issues.
0: Uh, It looks like we're out of time again, and so it always goes by so quickly.
1: Well, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Please like and comment as we enjoy hearing what you guys have to say as well. Also, we are here every Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here live on Facebook. But you can also catch us on your favorite podcast as well as Star Radio. So until next Saturday, have a blessed week and we'll see you then.
0: This has been another episode of the Roundtable Consult. Listen to this or other episodes at your convenience on your favorite podcast directory or listening app, or catch us live every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern at Facebook.com forward slash Roundtable Consult. Tune in live and join the conversation.